how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Hello, ladies. My name is Brittany. Thanks for joining today. I run fitmomlifetothefullest.com, and I am a Catholic wife and mom of two boys and personal trainer and all that good stuff. And today I am joined by my husband, Ben Pearson. Hello. And he is, well, you can intro yourself a little bit if you would like to. Or would you like me to say nice things about you? No, that one sounds good. Oh, okay, that one. Uh, he is a Catholic husband and father of the same two boys, which would make sense. And he is also a personal trainer, a certified strength and conditioning coach. And what else would you like them to know about you? What's your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Huh. Blue. Yours is teal. It is teal yeah. in the blue family. Thank you. That's well, right. now they all know. Yeah. If you guys were, you know, hoping to learn that in 2021, there you go. Um, we are talking today about the difference between actually tracking your macros and just keeping a food diary, aka what a lot of people consider tracking their macros to be. So we're going to talk about what tracking macros actually is. So you can be successful at that, especially in the new year. We're definitely we're starting. Um, when this comes out, we are starting our programs, a beginner level and an advanced level, in just under a week. So if you do want to hop in, you still can. You can go to fitmomlifetothefulls.com, and it's under group coaching menu, and you can sign up to join one of those. But we do focus a lot on tracking macros, how to do it well. We've done a lot of episodes on this. You can go back through past episodes if you haven't listened to those on basically what it is, how to get yourself started doing it. And today we're just talking about doing it better and what it is and what it isn't. Right, exactly. Um, we're going to talk to you guys about why we think it's important to kind of get into some of the, the nitty-gritty aspects of it, um, how to help you really make progress and, and see why some of these numbers are so important and looking at them and being like, wow, I didn't know I was there, and hey, here's how this I, here's how I can uh, make the solution. Uh, it's very simple if um, you guys just follow the tips and you get to see the numbers. It makes it a lot more simple and effective for you all. So a little bit of a backtrack. If you haven't listened to those past episodes, your macros are your macronutrients of carbs, fat, and protein. So when I have a client start out with or we're starting the program and looking at what your allotted carbs, fat, and protein should be for each day. So you're going to have an overall amount of calories you're shooting for, but then within that you have your carbs, fat, and protein goals and it is a little bit of trial and error in the beginning and we'll see that as we get into the program that um, you know I calculate it based on activity based on your current weight based on the muscle you have on your body those kinds of things but it takes the first couple weeks to find what that overall number really should be and then to fine-tune your targets from there some people naturally eat a little bit more carbs some people naturally eat a little bit more fat so we can play with those numbers a little bit when you are tracking but the number one thing that I see when we get into this, or when people have been doing it on their own, it kills me to hear people say, oh, I've been tracking my macros for years and it doesn't work for me. Or, oh, I've been tracking forever and tracking doesn't work. And I said, okay, well, like what targets are you hitting and stuff? And what they're actually doing is just going into my fitness pail and plugging in what they're eating. That's it. That's keeping a food diary. That is not tracking your macros. Yeah. If you're just tracking, but you're not actually saying like, okay, this week I need to be at this number, and next week I need to be um, two and a half percent lower than this number. If there's not an actual plan behind it, you're just kind of seeing what you're doing. It's just like 
writing down what you've spent instead of following a budget. Like you're just writing down things as you spend them and hoping it all shakes out in the end. And that's the same thing I'm seeing. If I set your protein target to 120 grams and you just log as you eat throughout the day and it ends up at 60 grams, you're like, oh, all right, well, I'm tracking my macros. Brittany, this isn't working. I'm tracking macros. It's not working. You're not tracking your, you are tracking them. You are putting them in. You're inputting your macros. You're inputting your food. You are not at all hitting your targets. Yeah, so that's why we recommend following the plan of putting the food in that you're going to eat that day ahead of time. And Brittany would lay out the specific plan for you. So after your three-week trial period of seeing what your average number is, she may tell you to cut that number by 10%. And then every other week, you adjust from there. But it's a very specific plan. It's not shooting, you know, it's not shooting from the hip. It's not flying in the wind. Um, she's I just, gonna- yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway from the episode that I just want you guys to think about is, and I hope that resonates with you, and maybe the budgetality works or doesn't, but think about anything else. If you just do it as you go and hope it works out in the end, that's there's no kind of plan in place. You are just literally keeping, that's a food journal. That's if I asked you, write down everything you eat for a week so that I can see where you're at. And I typically do that if I have enough time with people before we start so that I can see where you're at and go from there. But that is not, once we've set your goals and what Ben just said, the number one way to be successful at actually tracking your macros, not just keeping a food journal, not just keeping a food diary, is to pre-log it. I, I recommend the night before or the day of. Even better if you can pair it with a habit that you already have so that when you are just getting into the habit of this, especially those of you who are doing the challenge and who are listening to this and thinking of this, it's hard to just implement a new habit. So it is, it's difficult to remember. It's not hard to do, but it's difficult to remember to do it, right? So it's helpful if you can pair it with something you're already doing. Like every night when you go to brush your teeth, you also just log the next day or Right after you do the dinner dishes, you log the next day. I have some clients who on Sunday will log the first four days of the week or the whole week, whatever works. But that pre-log, like Ben said, is definitely the difference. It's like your budget. You need to plan out where you're going to be spending your money, how much money you're going to have left, what you're going to spend, what you're going to save. You can't just (laughs) look at your overall number and say, all right, well, I'm just going to spend and see where I land. Exactly. And... The other part that's such a big factor is really being honest with yourself seven days a week. Um, Brittany and I have both worked with a number of people who um, told us they were eating like 1,000 or 1,200 calories and they weren't seeing progress. And this is like over periods of months. And if you ask them then, okay, is this every single day you're tracking everything that's going in? And then the answer is, well, well, no, you know, the the weekend and this and that. And is it every single liquid? It has to be, you have to track everything. The the little snack bite that you take Mm -hmm. from your kids, the little snack bite you took from work, uh, anything that has liquid calories in it. And this is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday included. Because if you did great four days of the week, but the other three days of the week, you're like, well, I don't think I did that bad. But in reality, you went like a thousand over every day. Mm-hmm. That that just completely derails the entire week. Mm-hmm. So, if you're going to be committed to this process, you you gotta you gotta do it every single day. Yeah, and that is another definite tip: is to make sure you are logging everything, because almost everybody I've worked with, even in, especially in the beginning, until I think they realize 
that that can be detrimental to not do that. I think we try to, we if we're not seeing progress, if it's been a month or two or so, and we're like, oh, I'm not seeing progress, we try to come up with excuses for ourselves of why it's not working. And usually our excuses, like things that I've heard have been more like, well, do you think I should get a food scale? Because maybe it's more like six ounces of meat than four ounces when, you know, I eat my ground turkey or, well... It's probably because I, you know, I counted my half cup of rice as cooked, not uncooked or whatever, vice versa. And we try to pick these little nitpicky things. Lifetimes ago, the very first experience that I actually ever had with counting calories way before macros was the summer before I went into college and I joined Weight Watchers. I had gained like 10, 15 pounds, whatever, as a senior in high school. And my mom had done it for years and was like I'm gonna do this and I loved it I went to the first meeting and was like oh my goodness if you lose weight you get to like drop a marble in a jar and people clap for you so I thought it was quite the social event but um anyways I also realized as I went that it is I'm we're both not big fans of Weight Watchers and we've had clients who have done Weight Watchers before and we have steered them more toward tracking macros because of that issue of looking just at overall calories versus the actual breakdown of carbs, hip, fat, and protein. I just think we both think it's more sustainable for life and yada, yada, easier to do going forward. But what the heck was my point to that Weight Watchers tangent? Um, oh, because at a meeting, I, rem- I remember a lady saying like, you know, to our leader or whatever, I think that the reason I'm not losing weight is I was having two apples a day and I think that was too much fruit. So I think if I cut my one apple a day, then I'll probably lose weight. And this person was like severely overweight, many pounds to lose, many pounds to go. Sorry, girlfriend, but probably what is not derailing your progress is the one extra apple a day. Yes, it is sugar. And yes, maybe that was putting you like 150 calories over. But what else are you doing that is doing that? It's probably more. 100% was not the apple. (laughs) It was probably more emotional eating that she was not tracking that, you know, was what she ate at night when she, whatever, felt uh, overwhelmed about something or ate her feelings, whatever. And I'm not putting that on that woman. And I'm not saying like, oh, that's terrible that she did that. A lot of people do that. I've emotionally eaten in the past. I still do sometimes. I have clients that emotionally eat. I think it's a very female thing to emotionally eat from time to time when we're stressed or lonely or think we deserve it or whatever. But um, the point being, we try to find these other little excuses for it. I do that too when I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's because I'm not hitting my water intake and blah, blah, and not the fact that, you know, I ate three cookies along with Josh while we were making them and I didn't track that and I didn't think about that and I didn't count that as extra calories in my day or things like that. So a lot of the time, Clients are not logging things like, oh, well, then I had a few drinks, but I didn't log it. I just had a client do that a couple of weeks ago who was like, oh, I don't, I didn't want to see those liquid calories on there. So I just didn't log my drinks. Um, and then actually it was very good because they adapted it right away the next week. I was like, please log everything that you consume because it, it makes a difference to see that if you are going over 400 calories a day, you need to see it. And we really undershoot it and underestimate that sometimes like, well, I just had a couple bites of this or a couple bites of that, and that's a lot more. That is what is affecting your progress way more than two extra ounces of ground turkey, okay? So it's not bad to have a food scale. It's not bad to try to be as exact as you can, and I think all those things are good to make sure that you do have, you do track your olive oil, and you do track all those little extras, dressings, things you might not think of right away, but more often than not, it's you needing to be honest with yourself that 
you going out to dinner with friends and not tracking the appetizer that you kept grabbing, but you didn't actually put on a plate. You know, that's another one. If it doesn't, if the food doesn't hit a bowl or a plate, then it doesn't count. Like having those spoonfuls of ice cream in front of the freezer or refrigerator, you need to track it if you want, if it's going in your mouth. And that's just, if you want to see success, I think that we get, and there is, I was reading an article about how scientifically just telling people about your goals gives you the same dose of, what am I looking for? Dopamine. Dopamine, yes. I was going to say serotonin. I'm like, that's not correct. Of dopamine levels that as actually achieving your goals. So just by telling somebody like, oh, I'm starting keto or, oh, I'm tracking my macros, you already get a little bit of that feel-good feeling that you would get from actually reaching your goals. So I think sometimes we like to say it, it's like going to the gym. We feel better that we just went to the gym, but we're not worried about if what we're doing there is actually effective or if we actually were putting in the work when we're there. It's just like we can cross off the list. Like I think we do that with tracking macros sometimes, and we just can say we did it. Well, I've been tracking macros for two years, and it doesn't work. No, it's how you're doing it. It's it's working for other people. So maybe, and again, not to shame you or make you feel bad or whatever. It's just if if you're trying to do it, you're obviously trying to achieve something. There are goals you're trying to reach. So it would be helpful to you to be able to figure out what these obstacles are, why it's not working for you. And sometimes, I mean, it could be a lot of things. It could be that your numbers are off. It could be that you are taking in too much calories for your activity level. But in general, we see this a lot as just the common pitfalls of, especially, especially the thing we said in the very beginning of, I've been tracking macros for 10 years, but they've actually just been writing down what they eat. <laughs> no plan. Um, well, let's compare this to probably something everyone can relate to is if you've ever had to, to do a budget and you never did one before. And um, you're, you're struggling at first. You're not understanding you know, where the money's going. And then all of a sudden you're like, all right, we're going to create a really strict budget. And you see that, you know, the $15 a week you spent, you spent at Starbucks or Tim Hortons, you're like, man, I didn't realize it was that much, you know, just for a couple of coffees and, and a bagel. Um, it's, you know, the canceling the, the $7 a month Netflix subscription. And you're like, man, that was a really good decision, but you didn't cut out the, the, the $20, you know, a week Tim Hortons or Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or whatever your fanciest habit. It, it, it's that thing right there that was really derailing you. And that kind of pertains to the same thing of the snacking is it, it really, it really adds up if you don't put it in the system. And when you actually do, you see like, whoa, that 20 bucks a week was really a big factor. Well, if I can really just cut that down, that'll even be more significant than the Netflix thing, like the, the smaller detail. So you have to, you have to be willing to, to really be honest with yourself and put that put that stuff in. Um, and again, like Brittany said, this is not to try and try and shame anybody. This is just a real life circumstance. I, almost every single person who's tracked macros has kind of like skipped some things along the way, and it just it, it, it never works unless unless you're 100 percent honest with what's going into your mouth, um, any sort of calorie wise. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of this, I've said before and we've talked about before I don't think anybody's life goal is to track macros forever so let that be encouraging to you especially I know a lot of you listening are just getting into it and are learning how to do it from listening to this podcast and other podcasts and things so the goal is to get to a place where you can eat intuitively where you pretty much are eating along the lines of what your body needs naturally you just naturally know you can ballpark through your day okay if I'm gonna have oatmeal today for breakfast 
then I should probably have something not as carb heavy for lunch, probably a salad instead of a wrap because I had the bulk of my carbs at breakfast, serving of oatmeal is like 40 grams of carbs, that kind of thing, that you can just make these choices as you go on the fly. So just want to encourage you in that because I know a lot of you are doing this for the first time and figuring it out that the goal is to get to the other side of that where you can do it naturally, but you do have to put in the work. I had a client ask a couple weeks ago who does listen to this podcast, so if you're listening, (laughs) sharing your story anonymously, of course, but she was really struggling with the idea of putting in her meals and was like, you know, this kind of causes me stress to really worry about finagling the numbers perfectly and blah, blah, blah. Can we kind of circumvent this another way? And I've tried with a couple clients because I do want to be accommodating and I understand that some people are kind of like triggered by seeing, by panicking about the numbers and it can cause all kinds of like bad feelings around food and spark disordered eating and things like that. So I, I have tried other things, but in general, and one of the other things I've tried is having clients send pictures of their meals to me because me eyeballing it, I can pretty much guesstimate where things are at. So it gives me a good idea of where their days are ending up. But in general with this client, one of um, what we are trying out and have tried out for a little bit is her sending me her meal plan for the week so that I can kind of assess it. But what was helpful, because I said the problem with this is I can look at your meal plan and say, yes, no, add an apple, add some more protein, whatever. But it's not at all teaching her how to do that on her own going forward. Because part of the point of actually logging your food in my fitness pail, which is why I so highly recommend that over, I have had clients too, I'm taking another deviation, who even in the past challenge, the fall challenge, wanted to just write out their meal plan for the week. And they did that They did not want to track their macros in the app, and I don't think that they were as successful as they could have been tracking in the app because the difference is seeing the numbers. If you're just writing it down and like this client just showing me the meal plan, great. If I tell you how to modify it and get it more to a spot that you need to be at, that's all well and fine, but when you are actually physically inputting the numbers, you are learning what that food consists of. By you typing in three ounces boneless, skinless chicken breast, and you see it pop up 130 calories, 29 grams of protein, whatever. You just learn this stuff. Like, where do I know that from? It's just from seeing it a lot, from logging it in a lot. It helps me be able to know like, okay, if I need to add to up my protein one day because my protein's been low, I know that I can just add another half serving of chicken breast to my salad and boom, I'll get another 15 grams right there and nice and easy. I can just play with those numbers and know that I know that I can't have almonds as a snack because I had avocado on my toast that morning. That's the kind of work that no one else can do for you. And that is why I do not just write meal plans and say, here, follow this for six weeks and you're good or follow this for eight weeks. In the challenges, I give you recipes that have the macros calculated for them, but I am not doing the work of plugging it in for you, telling you what fits what day. That is the work you have to do. It's just like if somebody just explained to you, you know, how to make a meal, but didn't let you actually walk through it. Do you learn how to do it? Not really. You usually go to do it. This is exactly the case of the one time in my life my dad taught me how to change my oil, but I just watched the whole time. I really didn't get my hands dirty. I also was like 12, so I was probably just more repulsed by getting my hands greasy and whatnot. I was not at all a tomboy. And I watched him do it. I sat out there for whatever the hour that it took for us to do this. And it was like, all right, cross it off the list. I showed Brittany how to change your oil so she'll know. And I have no idea how to do it. I couldn't even tell you the first thing about it because I watched it. I didn't do it. I didn't get hands on, get my hands dirty in there 
and actually apply it. So that's just what the work it takes, right, is to put in that work at the front of it, right, right when you're getting into the game to figure out, to be able to know an apple's 30 grams of carbs, a banana's 30 grams of carbs, da 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 Like, I didn't wake up overnight knowing these things and memorize a chart. I just put in the work of doing it. And then, again, the encouragement is to get you to the point where you're not doing this forever. I don't want you 10 years from now to be logging in your food. You might fluctuate. You might, you know, that's what I do recommend. And that's what I personally do, especially if you're listening to this and you're in the having kid phases of life, right? I don't track when I'm pregnant. I don't track when I'm breastfeeding typically. Sometimes I'll go back on a little bit when I'm breastfeeding. But otherwise, I'm eating intuitively. And then usually when I get to the point where I am not breastfeeding anymore, I want to try to drop the last little bit of fat that my body was holding on to. I go back to tracking to make sure I'm keeping myself honest, to hold myself to those numbers and that kind of thing. So, and if you're not in that phase of life anymore, still, you might, you know, go three months of tracking, take six months off, but then feel like, ah, you know, I'm getting a little bit too lax. My 80% of clean foods and my 20% of indulgent foods is kind of swapped right now. It's been like a busy summer or something like that. Then you might dial back in and track for a month, that kind of thing. Yeah, you come off the holiday season and you're a hard 60-40 instead of like 80-20. <laughs> let's not talk about the, the Christmas cookies. Today I asked Ben how many Christmas cookies he thought that he's eaten in the past week. And what was your rough estimate? Uh, an average of like four to five a day. So <laughs> do the math. <laughs> so, okay, guys, this, we don't sit here and tell you that uh, we have all the answers and that we're the bane of health. But we will tell you. On the other side of putting in that work of getting to a point where you're at a comfortable body weight, you know, that you're comfortable with and that fit your goals and your lifestyle and stuff, it is also a lot easier to coast along at the maintenance stage. If Ben was trying to lose 20 pounds, that'd be a different story. Yes. The the, the big real life scenario here is tracking macros and intuitive eating is just something you can maintain forever and that that's why we hammer it so hard uh, i remember when i first started as a personal trainer uh, i i didn't know about the macro thing so i would write people meal plans and you know i would really be specific and uh, this was mostly for friends and and whatnot and i'd ask him you know hey how's it going and it was like they they didn't even follow the the meal plan really that good it was like i you let me but it was because, you know, this came up, that came up. I went here for dinner. This is right. what my mom made. And you just see how something like that falls apart. I think the only meal plan, quote unquote, that really works is like if you have a meal prep service and that's all you do. Because yes. then it's all done for you. So the meal plan. And th- still those people who when they go to a work lunch or something are still like, right. oh, and then Wednesday didn't count because my work provided lunch and I didn't know what to do. Yes. So for that- example, guys, we went to Chick-fil-A tonight. And shout out to Chick-fil-A. Shout out to Chick-fil-A and, sauce. And um, that is another big thing. I have one client who trial, uh, trials travels a lot for work. And they were concerned about traveling. And they're like, I think that I'm just not going to see progress because I have to get food on the road so much. Totally not true. There are so many. And again, I think that's just a little bit of fear around not knowing what to do or how to do it. And again, I totally get that. It's a learning curve. But you absolutely, um, or I had one client who was like, you know, if I want to have a cheat, like at Chipotle, and I'm like, you don't have to cheat at Chipotle. Like, it can fit your macros. You, know, you, can, chip- have the, you can have the salad, chicken, and none of the, the fat stuff, and it'd be a pretty low-calorie low meal. Right? You can pick a fat, too. You can have yeah. guac or sour cream or, you know, sour cream, but no cheese and no guac. So 
That's the whole thing. That's what macros is, is picking and choosing and making it fit. But you have to pre-log it. You can't just take a shot in the dark and order your whole big bowl at Chipotle and then get home and log it all in and be like, oh, that was a thousand calories and tortilla chips and, you know, guac, whatever. You need to plan for it as best you can. Again, there's going to be slip up days, but you can travel. You can go to social events. You can host social events and you can make things fit your macros. That's a really nice part. You can make wine fit. You can make whatever indulgences you like fit. You can't make them all fit in the same day. Sometimes, you know, that's where we're going out to dinner and I pick to have a lettuce wrap burger so that I can have the fries. But I know that. I know that my bun is going to be carbs and I know that my fries are going to be carbs because I've done the work of plugging it in and seeing that. I was just going to mention that. That's like something that not a lot of people are willing to do. Like just order a sandwich without the bun. Like, right. Who cares if someone thinks you're weird? Like you, you just cut out a huge portion of the, the calories and the carbs of that meal. Right. These are all things that are very sustainable to do on the road in a whatever situation where you have to do that. So Going you still out, do make sacrifices. Yes. It's not, but it's not the same thing as being on a quote unquote diet where like 19 things are off limits, totally off limits where you feel like you went off of it then. Like, I can't have fries because then I'd be going off my diet. That's fast food. You can in macros, but you still need to make it fit. You still need to make choices at times. You can't have, you know, your cake and your wine sometimes. Sometimes you have to pick between dessert or the drink. That's just, you know, how it works. And again, there's more freedom in it once you get to maintenance. I pick the drink, not the cake. <laughs> I always pick the drink as well. <laughs> uh, I remember having that conversation with my mom years ago, and she was like, I would always pick the dessert. I'd rather chew my calories. And I was like, mm, not me. But alcohol. <laughs> but alcohol. All right, on that positive note, on this new year, this is our first podcast of the new year in general. So Indeed. happy new year, guys, and I hope this was helpful. We hope, uh, we hope you guys can take something away from this and uh, shoot Brittany a message if you want to uh, talk more. Yeah, always, absolutely. I appreciate it. And if you would like to join us in the challenge, like I said, we are rolling on Monday. So you still do have a tiny bit of time. Tiny little bit of time. Go over to the website or shoot me a message, preferably on Instagram. That is my preferred place. All right. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll talk to you guys next time. Talk to you guys. Thanks. Thanks.